I'm Ben Maku, national security reporter with Vice, and this is Cyber, a podcast from Motherboard about hacking. Yet again, a major Nintendo release has been leaked. People are copying it. The ROM is out there. It's all over the place. How did this happen? I mean, did this just jump off of a truck somewhere, or is this some sort of fakery going on here? It's almost Christmas, which means Nintendo fans are anxiously awaiting the December 7th release of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, the company's biggest game in years. But earlier this week, the gaming world got some unexpected news. Pirates had leaked full copies of the game online weeks before anyone was supposed to get their hands on it. The leak was one of the worst in Nintendo's history, and the company quickly began trying to get copies of the fighting game taken offline. But the damage was done. The Super Smash Bros. leak has spread far and wide, thanks to a small group of hackers on a piracy server called Where's NX. But the Nintendo Switch hacking scene isn't all about dropping games early. Motherboard senior staff writer Joseph Cox recently embedded in the Switch piracy community to learn how games are leaked. What he found was much crazier, reminiscent of the early days of hacking Turf Wars. So some people in the Nintendo gaming community leak games. I mean, how does that happen? I mean, there are basically two ways. The first one is pretty standard where if you're in America and a game is coming out a day or two earlier, you'll get someone in Australia to buy it and they'll dump it from the cartridge and then distribute it that way. The much more interesting way is when people will download the game from Nintendo servers, but it's encrypted at that point and they can't play it. So they'll rely on journalists games reviewers, YouTubers, these sorts of people that Nintendo has trusted with review copies of the game to then distribute the code and unlock it that way. There is a big overlap between the journalists and the YouTubers and the reviewers and the piracy uh, community as well. They're definitely not mutually exclusive. Okay, so it turns out that some people are actually pretty toxic and going after each other using hacking. Yeah, this community you think would be lovely and innocent with Mario and Zelda and whatever it may be, there are parts of it that will hack each other, dox each other as and publish their information online, and just generally really screw each other over. Like if they have some sort of rivalry, they're really going to act upon it. Give me an example of this happening in the past between hackers in this Nintendo gaming space going after each other? One case was a guy called Simon. He makes a tool which lets your PC talk to Nintendo servers, and you could download games or get game updates and that sort of thing. It can also be used for piracy, though, and try to get games earlier. Someone on 4chan and then Reddit posted their own version of this tool, but it included special code that would steal files from anybody who used it, and then he could then use those files to download even more games. So he was trying to piggyback off all of these other Nintendo fans, get games through them, and screw them over at the same time. And tell me about these piracy groups. Yeah, so you'll you'll have like individual pirates who are people who just download games or distribute them or whatever it may be, but then you have these gangs uh, and groups who are a lot more formal. There's a lot more tension there. There's one called Team Executor. They released a tool that 
Rather ironically, if you didn't pay for it, it would then brick your Switch, which of course is very strange when we're talking about pirates who are stealing games in the first place. But if you stole their software, they didn't like that and they'll destroy your Switch. And then they've also stolen code from other developers and included that in their products as well. And then in another case, you'll have these open source communities. There's rivalry there because when one group is selling a product and the other one's distributing for free, there's an ideological friction there. And then that's, of course, when you get the hacking and the doxing. So these people, where do they find each other? Probably the majority of this community is uh, talking in Discord, the gaming sort of chat platform. So you'll be logged in, and if you're playing Fortnite or Minecraft at the same time, it will say that next to your profile. Why Discord? I mean, why not like a gaming forum? I guess it's sort of a privacy sort of benefit to it. You send someone a link, you click it, you're in the chat room. But you typically cannot enter that private space unless someone sends you the link. And then ease of access, you'll log into a Discord server, you'll type a command, and then the server will automatically give you a list of here, here's all these free Nintendo games you can just download. So they've really like automated and organized the process, not just of getting the games, but also distributing them as well. And that's intimately tied in with how they communicate. This type of hacking that these individuals are undertaking, I mean, is this kind of like script kitty stuff? Is this sort of basic or is this actually sophisticated? So when it comes to hacking the Switch itself, it's pretty damn sophisticated. They have to get past all of these protections on the console itself. They have to find exploits. They have to then find a way to actually leverage those. And there's an entire community around developing the software to use those and then to download the games as well. It's a really complex supply chain of different hackers doing different things to ultimately download games for free. So i got to ask, why are these hackers so sophisticated in going after Nintendo Switch. I mean, why not use that for something more either lucrative or, I mean, hey, why not work for the NSA? Yeah, it's definitely not the most lucrative hacking job. I mean, nobody's really buying Nintendo Switch exploits in the same way they buy a Chrome Zero Day or whatever it may be. I mean, at the end of the day, a lot of it just comes down to these guys are insanely passionate about Nintendo, its hardware, its software, and it's games. And that comes out through the form of they want to understand how this console works. They want to understand how the ecosystem works. And some of the people don't then go and pirate games. They may just hack the console and really enjoy understanding how it works. But then others go to the next step and start stealing as well. Okay, but why does this keep happening on Nintendo games? So like the big difference between the Nintendo Switch and then other consoles like the PS4 and the Xbox One or whatever it may be, those two are pretty much connected to the internet all the time. Online connectivity is like an essential part of the product and online gaming as well. The Switch, it's portable, so it's not always going to be online. When you're connected to the internet, those consoles can check, hey, is this person pirating games? Is this person doing a suspicious connection? Whatever it may be. With the Switch, that doesn't happen as much. I mean... Nintendo will still ban people if they detect it, but there's probably easier to get around those checks on the Switch than it is on the PS4 or Xbox. So is Nintendo even aware that there's users of their products being doxxed and there's this hacking war going on? So there is this cat and mouse game between the pirates and Nintendo. There was an old flaw in one of the Switch chips that Nintendo eventually fixed. And now if you buy a more modern Switch, it's harder to do piracy on it. They also change how the servers work and how the Switches communicate with those and that sort of thing. But with that being said, 
it is pretty easy to get around at least Nintendo's scans for pirated games. I spoke to one pirate who, if he uploads his games and it says like Donkey Kong or Zelda, they'll get banned immediately. If he changes Nintendo to Nimbendo and just puts a B in there, the company doesn't even notice. So it's really rudimentary text on actually finding these games. Joseph, you're somebody who I know is almost an espionage expert. How did you get tipped to the Nintendo gaming community hack wars? Yeah, so we got onto this story originally because my editor, Jason Kabler, wrote about Mario Party uh, releasing two days earlier. And we thought, well, that's pretty interesting. But then he gets a torrent of Twitter direct messages from people clearly in this community being like, no, 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 it's a lot crazier than that. Most games will come out two weeks um, before street date. The strange thing was was that someone was apparently going around to these Discord servers messaging people saying, hey, I'm Jason from Motherboard. Do you want to chat about that? That was someone impersonating our editor. Clearly trying to get information on other people, maybe to dox them, maybe to make Motherboard look bad. But instantly, there was something else to this community, Man, like this a shady like- side. This is like counterintelligence. Yeah, yeah, counterintelligence, counterespionage among the Switch piracy community. Did that not almost just make you laugh? Like, you you normally report on some really serious stuff, and then all of a sudden you're getting into this Nintendo hacking war cesspool, and it kind of looks similar? Yeah, when you deal with hackers who are, like, not nation-states and not organized cybercriminals, so the people who steal the phone numbers or the Switch hackers, whatever it may be, They can be technically sophisticated, but they also give less of a shit, and they will do more outrageous stuff like this. Whereas the nation states may, you know, of course, hold themselves back, or the organized criminal groups hold themselves back. These guys have less inhibitions about fucking each other over, and it can manifest itself in doxing and hacking. I mean, let's talk about this doxing aspect, because this is something that's just across the board. What are some of the examples of these guys doxing each other? So one case was some sort of internal disagreement in the largest Nintendo piracy server. We're not exactly sure what happened, but it ended up with people with non-disclosure agreements with Nintendo, probably developers or perhaps employees, being doxxed. This is how people solve their debates. When they can't solve it by hacking or solve it by talking, they'll do it by doxing each other. And then in another case, some of the doxing is pretty transphobic, as well. I mean, you're going to have this in a lot of communities and a lot of different hacking communities, but it's particularly virulent in the Nintendo Switch community, this transphobia that clearly comes through in the comments that they post with the personal information. And let's talk about this, I mean, the transphobia. Why transphobia? And not to say that this isn't, you know, unseen in the gaming community. We know that misogyny and homophobia kind of very much is pervasive in these spaces. Yeah, it's hard to say about the particular motivations of the individual doxers. Um, I didn't manage to get in touch with them, but you can definitely tell there's a heavy transphobic vibe from the comments posted um, with the doxing. As you say, this happens in communities elsewhere as well, but it's particularly pronounced here when multiple trans people get doxed and then really targeted specifically for that. It's almost like they were targeted not just because there was a disagreement in the Nintendo Switch hacking scene, but really because they're trans as well. I guess the question I have to ask is, you know, why? So this is all just because somebody or a group of people like really, really super give a shit about a game? 
I mean, it's the same way when you have the Minecraft servers DDoSing each other. At the end of the day, that is just a video game. Some people really want to screw others over. Some people really care about the reputation of their own server. Some people just want to watch the world burn sometimes. And in this case, some people really care about the reputation of their own piracy group. I mean, at the end of the day, a lot of it just comes down to pride. I mean, how many times have you heard a hacker quote the Dark Knight? Sometimes. Oh, right. yeah, how many yeah, times yeah, have you heard somebody say, I just, sometimes men just want to watch the world burn? <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's pretty much that. Thanks for listening to Cyber. This week we were produced by Jason Kebler, edited by Galen Mullins, and recorded by Mitch Rackin. If you like the show, please subscribe, leave us a review, and tell your friends about us. Traffic jams, tailgating, pile-ups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.